Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. This is Chris Barnes with Columbia 300, and you're listening to Above180.com podcast. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Terrell Rose. He is head coach of Team Canada's men's national team, director of the national board for the Canadian Tenpin Federation, and a USBC bronze certified coach and former Canadian national champion. He owns and operates Gold Medal Bowling Boutique and lives in Montreal, Canada. You can follow him on Twitter at Canuck underscore coach and also check out his website which is www.goldmedalbowling.ca Terrell thanks for joining me today thanks for having me appreciate it well Tyrell I thought we'd get you back on the air it's been a while since we've had you on and Mm -hmm. very busy Uh, you were recently named the head coach of Team Canada the the men's national team so talk about that and what that means uh, for you to be helping your country out well, it's great. I mean, I've been involved with uh, the, the national team now for a few years, uh, kind of working my way up the ranks from assistant to, you know, a men's coach. And we've actually made a big change uh, in terms of how we're organizing things now and actually have one single head coach to run the program um, with assistants as opposed to multiple head coaches for each team. Uh, it's, a, it's a big change in, in how we think about things and how we're organizing things. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of change for both the the Intendant Federation and the teams and the bowlers, so there's a lot going on. Terrell, I was checking out your website, uh, goldmedalbowling.ca. Great stuff there, but you were talking about, and one of the things you had blogged about there was league bowlers get expecting fresh oil. And technically, you broke down some very interesting thoughts on league bowlers, fresh oil versus not fresh oil. So why don't you uh, kind of talk about that, and then we'll, we'll kind of go, and what are your thoughts on you know, bowlers uh, in, in expecting to get fresh oil when they come in for league play. Yeah, sure. I mean, just to summarize a little bit about the the article was about was uh, there's two main points that bowlers bring up when they talk about you know why they should have fresh oil. 
Um, one is in terms of they believe that they're paying for it in their line engine, that it's, you know, part of what they pay for, so they deserve it. And while that's that's true to a point, you know, you can make the argument that technically they pay less than open play bowlers. So really, the additional cost for centers of oiling for a league is really not justified in the cost they're charging them. So it's not that great of an argument, although I don't think that league bowlers need to be treated worse than open play bowlers by any means. Um, the second part is related more to fairness, which is really what hinges on it. And I think from a coaching point of view, more interesting because there's this impression that if it's fresh oil, you know what it is and that it's fair for everybody. Um, when the reality is, I mean, realistically, fresh oil is fair for certain bowlers. Maybe they like fresh oil better than, than broken down or burnt up lanes or carry down lanes. Um, but other bowlers, you know, don't like it as much. So it's really, you know, favor, favoring a certain style of play, maybe. Um, aside from that, when you when you look at, at fairness, some people bring up the fact that, you know, people that work at the center can purposely put bowlers there on a, on a given day to mess up a pair for a, an opponent or to help their, their own, you know, ends when they bowl that night. But that's really more to do with, you know, kind of to me, the ethics of the person doing that as opposed to actually favoritism towards, uh, you know, fresh oil and things like that. Well, I know this um, This whole topic has me thinking back to a league that I bowled, a very competitive league, but they would oil the lanes in the morning, and then we bowled uh, at night, obviously. So we could mm-hmm. hit league play. We'd have a, we had a, a, a mixed-type fun league that was right before us. We could hit open play, and you never knew yeah. what you were getting. So I remember I had yeah. one honor score in that league. I had one 300. And actually, that mm-hmm. that 300 to me means more than some of the other ones where you walk in every night and you know you're getting fresh oil. Granted, every pair does break down different, like you said, which I think some people don't realize as much, that every pair in the house plays specifically different just based on all the mm-hmm. you know the characteristics and such. Um, so what, I guess, was the – is there a kind of a final sort of analysis in what people are thinking? Because you're right, people do expect it, but I think – People most of the time just want consistency, either consistent, I guess, depending on the league you're going for. But did you guys ever come to a kind of, you know, kind of a final uh, thought on this whole thing and put it to bed? Well, I mean, for me, uh, from a coach's perspective, it, it's more about the fear of the unknown. And you kind of mentioned that, knowing what you're getting and not knowing what you're getting. And to, to me, when you think about, about bowlers and, and looking for consistency, knowing what you're getting is, is really kind of what you're looking for, whether it's a house shot or not, or, or a sports shot, or, or, or you know, the fresh oil, at least you think you know what you're getting. Um, when you have carry down or transition, because it could be anybody in front of you, you know, you, you don't know. And, and to me, if we can just get bowlers a little more comfortable with, you know, with the unknown and being less afraid of it, um, and, and I think that it would be, it would benefit them in the long run to be bowling on different conditions and, and have some variety from week to week because you learn more from it. I know one of the other things that we uh, I was reading that you, you had some thoughts on was how, how can bowlers stay focused during league play and motivated because it's a, it's long seasons. Most people bowl 30, 36-week leagues. Um, what are your thoughts and tips for bowlers to stay motivated during league play? Because in most cases here we're not – some some people are depending on where you're at in, in the country and, and state and such. But you're not always bowling for a ton of money. It's more about the just the, the pride of things to keep things going. So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it can be tough. I think I think everybody's uh, motivation for league can kind of go up and down, uh, particularly throughout the year. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's big tournament season versus kind of the beginning of the year. Um, but I think that, that bowlers, you know, depending on their level and how competitive they are, they need to look at league as basically competition practice. 
You know, I mean, well, while you can go and practice in league, you can't go and just shoot 10 pins for a game like you could in a real practice session. So if you think of league as a kind of a competition simulation, it's a great way to really practice some of those mental game tricks, make sure you're using your pre-shot routine well, um, things like that. Make sure you're paying attention to lane transitions because even if it's on an easier house shot, there's still transition you have to pay attention to. So if you focus on league more as a simulation of a future competition um, or a tournament you're going in soon to help you really get sharp mentally and tactically, um, then it can be very, very useful to you. And it can kind of help you keep, keep you motivated for those nights when you're kind of bowling just, you know, against a team that doesn't, you know, get your juices flowing. There's no competitive really spirit between the two bowlers or the two teams. Um, it can really keep you going and, and focused on, on the job at hand. And Terrell, we're going to have to take a moment here to check in with Bill Semserat. Bill, of course, is the owner of BowlingThisMonth.com. Bill? What you got cooking over there at Bowling This Month? Hey, Tim. So I've got three new Bowling This Month articles I'd like to highlight this week. Uh, first up, we've got uh, Susie Minshew with a great article on one of the biggest things holding amateur bowlers back from having a, a nice, clean, consistent, and powerful release. Uh, next up, we've got an article from a new BTM contributor, Rick Hamlin, detailing a simpler way of understanding ball motion. Uh, and then finally, this time, we've got an article from Joe Slowinski detailing the next evolution of his targeting system for advanced bowlers. Uh, for these articles and more, head over to bowlingthismonth.com. Uh, right now, we've got subscriptions at 10% off, and uh, everything comes with a 14-day money-back guarantee. So back to you, Tim. And I know you just uh, put up a piece. It's on bowlingthismonth.com. Check that out. And Terrell, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up your latest piece on bowlingthismonth.com titled, Performance Analysis to Improve Your Game. Talk about the general premise of that article and what your thoughts are as far as analyzing your game after competition. Bowlers and coaches always talk about, you know, learning from experience in bowling. And bowling is one of those sports where really, you know, you learn after you throw a bowling ball what you got to do. You know, you can get to see ball reaction, you learn from that. So if you apply that in a general sense to tournaments and, and even to league play, you know, you have to look back at what you did on a specific day or a specific block and learn from it. I mean, a lot of times bowlers look back and think, oh, I had a great day, you know, and, and there's very little learning that comes from that, but there's a lot to be drawn from that. And just as much as when you have kind of a rough day and you learn that maybe your skills aren't as quite as sharp as you thought they were, or as much as you prepared for a certain pattern, let's say a short or pattern, you know, you weren't quite ready for it. Um, but if you don't really give it enough thought and all you do is think to yourself, oh, I didn't throw the ball very well, you know, uh, you kind of, stopping yourself from going into like some really deep thought about what's going on. It's, it's often uh, at a certain level, it's often more of a mental issue than a physical issue. And if you just don't get past that, you're going to go out and practice the wrong things the next time. Well, yeah. So when, when we're, when we're practicing um, and you go out and coach folks, what, what do you see? What is, what to you seems to be that aha moment, whether it's uh, something physical that, that is brought up or whether it's mental, is there one really kind of key to their game where you can say, because I know going back through, you also talk about how footwork is key, and there's a lot of different moving parts in a bowling game, but where do you mm -hmm. think is, a, is the easiest way to communicate to someone who's struggling on uh, a certain part of their game? Is it, is it sometimes more mental than physical? Uh, it really kind of depends on the bowler themselves, the, the way they learn. Um, certain physical things are easier to fix for certain bowlers. Um, I found that you know some bowlers, you know they cannot be just told what to do if they don't get an explanation of why or what is happening in terms of their swing or their body or, you know, why it's going to work. They, they just, they can't do it. Um, whereas others, you just tell them what to do or show them what to do and they'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll try that. And they'll realize sooner or later that, you know, it works. Um, 
So it's really hard to pinpoint a specific thing that really gets a person to get to that aha moment. But, you know, the more you can put some reflection into your competitions um, and into your game and speak with a coach, the more likely you are to find those um, and realize, you know, that, that the, the issue you thought you had, you know, is, is not really what you, what you need to address. Um, just as an example, um, talking to a bowler last year after a pretty bad tournament where he was overthrowing the ball, um, known to be a very speed-dominant player, um, he was just throwing it to the break point, couldn't get good ball reaction, um, really struggled and, and, and just had a horrible day. And, you know, his comment to me was, I need to go and work on throwing the ball slower. And, okay, that, that, that's fair if you look at just on the surface of that event. But the next question I had for him was, well, when you practice, do you throw it slower? And he said, yes. And then I said, do you have a problem throwing it slower? No. Okay, so was the problem physically you couldn't throw it slower or was the problem mentally you couldn't get calm yourself down enough? And he realized that maybe it wasn't about physically working on being able to throw it slower. It was more about working on the mental side of things to you know, be able to be in a calmer state of mind and not be overthrowing the ball. Terrell, I want to kind of switch gears here a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot is made of how bowling is going here stateside and, and league play, you know, not being what it once was. And although bowling mm-hmm. participation levels are at the same levels, if not at an all-time high, how are things up in Canada? What is the general mood that, that you're seeing and that you feel when you go to competitions up there and, and from, uh, you know, from your experiences with Team Canada? Well, I'd say it's pretty similar to, to the U.S. Uh, as far as, you know, the league base. Um, like you said, you're seeing kind of league-based and organized bowling kind of shrinking, but what we would call unorganized bowling, like uh, open play or, or um, corporate parties and things like that, actually on the rise. Um, I would say just in my local area, numbers seem to be pretty, holding pretty steady. Um, small drops in leagues, but most of the centers are doing well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very similar story from the standpoint of, of overall participation. Okay, excellent. Uh, Want to get your thoughts uh, quickly before we uh, before we are finished up and our time is through here. What is one thing that you still see when you're coaching folks that uh, is really holding them back? Is it their mental game? And now we're talking about the folks that want to compete at that next level, not just your, your typical league players and your house bowlers and that sort of thing. Or is it something yeah. in their physical game? Well, the, the vast majority of players that are kind of at that you know, intermediate advanced level, and they want to get more towards an elite level. I think that's what you're aiming for, right? Yes. Well, those kinds of bowlers, typically, there, there's some physical issues to be dealt with sometimes. Um, but the vast majority of the time, the physical game is pretty much okay. Um, it's, it's usually understanding ball motion. Uh, and, and not so much understanding it, but actually being able to apply it properly. Uh, most bowlers understand when they get to a certain level that that that's, that smoother ball motion tends to be more predictable on tougher patterns, but that doesn't stop them from wanting that kind of hockey stick shape. Um, and that ends up hurting them. And, and once you, you can get your kind of your mind around the, 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 the shock and awe factor of, of that hockey stick shape and realize that, you know, less is more when you're getting into that more competitive level, um, then your physical game can really come to the forefront and you can, you can do that. All right. Well, Terrell Rose, I just thought it'd be great to catch up with you. Again, check out uh, all the stuff that you're doing. You're very busy. Oh, one final thing. Um, we oh. were kind of talking just the, the bull you. Um, we've had Rick Benoit mm-hmm. on the show not that long ago. Uh, Rick does a great job. And I know you were mentioning to me off here that you went down and did, um, did some instruction and are trained now to do some of Rick's camp. So just talk about that yeah. and um, what your expectations and thoughts are regarding the bull you. Uh, bowl U is, is a fantastic way to learn bowling. Um, it takes some of the, the approaches that have been used um, and, and takes some new approaches, 
which allows bowlers to learn things about the feel of the game um, without even throwing a bowling ball. Um, any coach and anybody that's bowled uh, and, and worked on their game can tell you how frustrating it is when you're working on your game and the ball isn't going where you want it to because you see the ball you know, not striking or going in the gutter or whatever. Um, so it's very hard to focus on the feel or the technical aspect that you're learning if you still see results. Where bowl you kind of differentiates itself is that you can go outside. You can learn these skills and this feel by being outside with doing different activities, and then you can apply it on the lanes later. Of course, for me, having this training uh, with, with Rick and uh, a few others last year uh, was, was great, but of course, it was wintertime when I got back up here, so that's not so good for going outside and doing some training with bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's just it too. It's uh, you know, and I've uh, been up and helped and and uh, observed some of Rick's uh, training techniques and such. And it's really nice that he's able to get people outside when the weather cooperates, and you're not stuck inside of a bowling center for a full six or eight hour you know instruction. And you're able to take those skills that you learn outside, apply them inside on the lanes and such. So uh, all the best of luck with that once um, once you guys can get things rolling up that way with that. And, and um, again, Terrell, check check all his stuff out. Uh, it's at bowlingthismonth.com. Uh, your articles are there. Very good. Uh, very good pieces. Very informative. And also check out uh, www.goldmetalbowling.ca and also follow uh, Terrell on Twitter at... Canuck, Canuck underscore, underscore coach. coach. Yeah. Canuck underscore coaches. Follow you on Twitter. And um, and all the best of luck. And uh, we'll talk to you again coming up here soon. Thank you very much. I think you're having me today.